Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. I am Kelly Birmingham. This is our podcast, A 25-Year Look Across the Spectrum. This is a podcast I started a few years ago. Um, I'm with my partner in crime, Jen Lucero, mother to Dylan and Ethan. Hi, Jen. Hi, good morning. Good morning. So on this podcast, we take all topics related to the autism spectrum disorder and take those perspectives from a BCBA, I've been a BCBA for 20 years and I've worked in the field actually 28 years now and a parent perspective. So we're so glad you're here. Before we dive into the podcast, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, SitePro. SitePro offers a wide range of engaging and practical continuing education courses developed by BCBAs for BCBAs, including myself. I think I have about five or six courses on that website. You can visit their website at sitepro.com and see their complete list of CEUs, including our very own podcasts which are on there for free for BCBAs to get CEUs. And we're, we're talking about the real stuff. Like there's enough podcasts talking about ABA strategies and research. We're talking about like autism and the good stuff and the hard stuff, right? Absolutely. So we are talk, talking today. I don't know that I've ever heard a podcast talk about the BI or the behavioral interventionist or RBT perspective. I don't recall hearing one. Um, so I thought, why not do that? And so we have a guest who I am thrilled to know. His name is Salvador Cadenas. Welcome, Sal. Hi, Kelly. Hi. <laughs> so in full disclosure, I used to work with Sal. I no longer work in with Sal in that department. So I am not super, I am not his supervisor, but I had the pleasure of working with him. And I will say, um, say that you, you struck my heart, <laughs> if I may say. I've been doing this for a very, very long time, only like almost 28 years. And the minute I met you, I you, you, you really just struck me. Certain people strike me like Jen. Jen and I've been through everything together. She just was in my heart. You were in my heart because you really truly embody this work. Like you are a behavior interventionist through and through. You love your work. You work with some very severe, challenging behaviors. You also work with some, I've seen you work with folks that are higher functioning. And you, I'm just going to sing your praises for a minute because you embody the spirit of someone who truly loves this work and it shows. I've seen you in some very difficult situations, both safety-wise and maybe um, situational-wise, and you've always put that participant first. So I'm glad you're here, Sal. Thank you so much. Go on. Go on. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you, Kelly. That yeah. means a lot. It really does. And thank you for having me on, Jen. And thank you for having me on, no Kelly. I, I absolutely love what I do. So it really means a lot to hear that. Because I think in this field, from the bottom to the top of the pyramid, have not enough people say, hey, you're doing a great job. I'm sure nobody's telling you like, hey, that program you wrote, man, that really helped my, like everything else. So it, it's really nice to hear that. So thank you. Well, Jen and I once did a podcast where we actually talked about what are the qualities that what that she experienced out of the best behavior intervention she ever had. And what were those qualities, Jen? You know, I mean, I, I truly believe with people, no matter what they're doing, but especially anyone that is um, working with an individual living with autism, like you have to be in it for the right reason. You, you know, it's, you, you gotta have the heart for it. Um, 
I want someone that's going to treat my son pretty much like anybody else. Like I talk to him, like I talk to my other son, you know, I, you know, we've already talked a little bit about, you know, prior to this, but I do not like, you know, the traditional robotic, um, you know, ABA strategies. Like I want someone that's going to come in, you know, make him feel comfortable, be comfortable with him. Um, and have fun with him. I mean, that's what he responds to and reacts to. And then not, you know, even if you are a little skittish or scared with the situation, you know, the someone that can, you know, get past that and not show it because he's definitely the type like that can read people and he'll eat you alive if he knows. <laughs> he smells fear, you know. He does. Oh, but I, I you know, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I agree with you with the whole roboticness of it. One of my secret, not secret, I tell everybody, one of my pet peeves is where they come in and they're like, hey, buddy. Like, <laughs> I, I use my dude, I use their name, but I don't like the buddy thing. And then the the very DTT way of doing things where it's just like, touch them, not, not very robotic. I, yeah. I, don't get tell I just us. like that work, by the way. <laughs> How did you get into this work, Sal? Tell us, like. What was oh. your journey to get into the field of ABA and working with folks on the spectrum? I think ABA field is so interesting because of like how I found it is my best friend, Anthony. He, oh, he's a BCBA. He's amazing. He loves his work and he's been there for a while. Um, but with how I found it was through him. He was like, I am going to study this. I am interested in this. And I'm like, I've never heard of it. And I think when it comes to ABA, it's kind of like a, a secret to people that don't have family that are on the spectrum, that they've never seen it. Like school programs, they isolate a lot of the time. So we don't learn about it. Yep. So so from that situation, it was definitely uh, Anthony that brought me in. And once I found it, he was like, trust me, you'll be perfect for it. And I came in and I've been here ever since. That's cool. And and you just you you have your your empathy and your respect to the clients you work with definitely shows. You Kelly, yeah. I, I try. And and so you know you so you're an RBT, a registered behavior technician. That certification has been around since 2014 in California. Uh, insurance law passed for ABA in 2013. And so a certification was required. So it's only been a nine-year certification. That is not very long, right? And you have been in the field for six of those nine years and certified for at least four of those years. So you're like an old timer at this point. You're a dinosaur. <laughs> old now. It makes sense. It makes Welcome sense. to the club. <laughs> I know you were one of the first two. I know. Yes. <laughs> right. So you're in the dinosaur club. But do you think, because there's a lot of question out there, you know, can you be a behavior interventionist without the certification? And from your perspective, having been both, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on that. So when it comes to being an RBT, I love that I'm an RBT. It mm -hmm. definitely it made me push to learn more. But in this field, a lot of the time it's like that certification, that piece of paper kind of sometimes says, hey, look, I have this piece of paper. I know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. but nothing replaces experience. So I would say be, to be an RBT, yes, it is important, but just like with an RBT, a good teacher, it, it's a great thing and you could be this amazing person, but a bad teacher could also do the same thing and that goes with more experience. So I think, I think it is important to get it and that means that you're interested in the field, but if you have somebody that's there and willing to tell you, hey, these are the parents we work with. 
this is what we do and this is what you're working for. If that's not what you're here for, get out of the field. So mm-hmm. I, I think it is important to get the RBT, but only if you want to stay in this field, honestly. But we do have too many people becoming. So we don't have enough BIs, but I will say, I think there are certain people that become BIs for the wrong reasons. And mm-hmm. that is something that's going to break my heart every time I see it. What are those wrong reasons? Oh, there are some people that are just like, oh, because there are companies that just say, you come here, we'll train you. So they're like, oh, it's a job. It's just a job. Mm-hmm. I come here. Great. I'm just going to work. And I've seen people that came into like interview and this my, uh, an old company, by the way, that I used to, they came into the interview high. They came in disheveled and they came in just like, wow. whatever. I'm just trying to get a job. They got the job, by the way. Oh. And, yeah, no. And I've seen them work with at the time some of my participants and I was also in charge of social skills at the time and I was like no so I I have always been very loud and advocate for my peoples like the people I work with and I'm just like no I was like this isn't right this is going on like I'm not about to let all the work hard work I did go to shit I'm sorry yeah yeah I'm just not so yeah uh the wrong reasons is definitely one for just a job and there are also terrible people out there and I, that's all I'll say on that, but it's just, you gotta, I think we do have to be a little more careful on who we let become BIs in, in that sense, but we also need BI. So it's kind of that. I know. And the, the low pay, the low pay, right. Oh, okay. Is, is <laughs> uh, we could do a whole podcast on that, but Jen, I'm curious your thoughts from a parent. Do you care if the, your behavior interventionist has a certification? Absolutely not. I, I totally <laughs> agree with you because, um, you know, I know some people that actually had worked with Dylan for, you know, a very long time. I mean, you'll remember Kelly Andrew that was mm-hmm. with him for like 10 years, yeah. photographer on the side. I, I have all these people that work with Dylan for a really long time because they love him. They end up being like their final clients before they move to something else, um, you know, but um I think you're right. Uh, you got to be in it for the right reason that I can feel that with people. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, is always nerve wracking for me is, you know, Dylan, I feel always comfortable when he's, you know, at a program. Um, but you know, there's a lot of times I have to balance it to work full time. So he has an adult day program or when he was in transition, but now he also, I rely on him getting a behavior respite at home. So I have to entrust that, like, you know, I'm leaving Dylan alone in my house, like with somebody that I don't know. And like, do I have a good vibe? He is, um, he talks a lot more now, but he's still very limited and yeah. verbally. Like, so, I mean, I know I would sense it and he would, he definitely will tell me if he doesn't like someone or isn't feeling it. But also there's a lot of, you know, th- there's a lot of our people that can't do that. Right. Um, One thing that I've been experiencing a lot and Kelly knows this because I go off, like, you know, the turnaround has been crazy. Of people the turnover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turnover. Um, and then for everyone, mm-hmm. for everyone, every service, you know, one thing that drives me nuts is like you were saying just now, like training, um, you know, they'll have someone come, they'll be in my house like one or two times for like, you know, four or five hours. And then they say they're trained and their training is somebody else that 
is, you know, quote, uh, you know, I don't even know what their title is. <laughs> Training the person that just got trained like two times. Yeah. So, and it keeps happening. And then Dylan will get used to someone finally, and then they leave. And then it's like, okay, or they just, I I don't think people really are vested and I get it because the pay and it mm-hmm. is like a hard job and thankless, you know, job sometimes, but, you know, I have people just not show up, you know, and yeah. I'm just sitting there and, and for Dylan, the most important thing always to him is structure, routine, schedule. So that's the kind of thing that's really a bummer, you know? So if it, they could all be people that really care like you, we could just clone you. Like right. that, that would be really good. You know, we do need to clone Sal. <laughs> I'm so- down. I, I would love my clone to send to, you know, other places to work out for me. I'm down. That's great. Sal, Sal, what keeps you like, Talk about it. There are BCBAs from all kinds of agencies all over the country that listen to this, right? Agencies, BCBA supervisors, as much as you feel sharing on this platform, like what are things that people should know make BIs, behavior interventionists, RBD stay at a company? Because right, you are dedicated. Yeah. It's out of the window. We're, yeah. we're going to be talking about this for two hours special. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I mean, you're super dedicated and I've seen you in some really challenging situations that a lot of people would have left. So, so. Yes, I, I will say on that. So one of the things I, I don't know if we got into, but I work in a severe behavior. So I get abused a lot. I get punched. I get verbally abused. I've been gaslit by this one. That was interesting. Anyway, <laughs> so it is not an easy job. And even before when I was working general ABA, it's not easy and it's definitely thankless. And hold on. It's not thankless because I see you really like, so take that word out of there. (laughs) You're right. I, you know what? I'm going to write a little note because I have a, 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 like a two second story about one of my favorite thank, thankful moments. So you're right. I'm going to put that in. I'm going to do it. Okay. Okay. So what keeps an RBT, what keeps a BI and behavioral interventionist just sounds better, but RBT, (laughs) I would say is extreme empathy not like for us as well from the higher ups because a lot of the time I've and and I've been different companies before you know in another company I've been beat up before and I come and I'm just like I don't think if I'm gonna be able to come in tomorrow because of a b and c and they're just like well that counts as a call out right (laughs) And, and that's horrible it's like we're getting beat up verbally abused and then we're dealing with it from work so there's no empathy there and empathy from the supervisors is what you're exactly. saying yep okay yeah. all right i've also dealt with parents that mm-hmm. looking at you jen no, i'm just kidding no, i'm no. sure jen, <laughs> no, I believe me, I know. but i've dealt with parents that were very get in there and take care of my kid while i'm in this room yeah. so and the supervisors didn't care about that or the you know people in charge didn't care about that and, and that's another thing that is a problem but um yeah empathy pay yep your goodness pay. Um, I know back in the day and the pay is terrible in two different ways. Cause it's also, if I may say it's kind of sexist, I went to become a BI and I started off, this is back, back in the day. Cause I'm a dinosaur. I got started <laughs> at like 50. No, 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 no. I got started at 1650 and there was a BI there that got 1450 or she, she got 1350 or something like that. And I got a raise to like 18 
no, it was it was eighteen dollars, and she got fifteen. So I I started making a big fuss about it, and I told everyone, look, let's talk about our pay. We all talked about it. We all talked about how it was, and most of the women were getting paid way less than men that wow. just. Started. So one of the things that I did in that last company, and maybe why I'm no longer there. <laughs> Because remember, the squeaky wheel gets fired. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the reasons that I'm no longer there <laughs> is because I told him, I was like, we all have to ask together. We all have to say what we want because that that's what we got to do. So we all got raises. Once that, that happened, I did end up leaving. I learned a lot from that company. They were amazing. But now I'm somewhere where if you don't care about your job, you're not going to be where I am. Because in Severe, you have to love what you do. I get to work with amazing people. So yeah, just respect respect yeah. and oh sorry one last thing the most yeah. is the I work somewhere right now that is so beautiful because BCBAs um and program managers and CSs and BIs we all get together in meetings and we actually all talk about the program how to fix it and BCBAs are able to say hey you're with them the most please be a part of making this program and I've created programs. I've been part of uh, FAs. I've been like, I've gotten so much experience where I am now because they respect my opinion. And if more supervisors were to do that in other companies and just say, hey, I respect your opinion the most because you're there. I went to school for it, which is important, but you have the experience with the participant. Please help me. I think we'll stay because we'll be respected. And I, I really think that's important. That's a, really... a horrible soup, by the way, back in the day. So. <laughs> I have two follow-ups on that, like reactions. Um, one is, um, I totally agree with you. Uh, to me, um, with Dylan's team, especially if it was like a school environment or whatever, to me, the, you know, the, we called it PBI at the time. That was the most important person to me because that person was who was with Dylan throughout his day. He knew everything about him. He was the person going with him, like to all the other, you know, he he had a lot of services like within the day, like speech, OT and whatnot. And it wasn't until literally his last year of high school, and this person was with him for like eight years, like he's family now too on the side. But um <laughs> But it wasn't until his last IEP that was his um, triannual and transition um, IEP to go into the transition to adult program that they actually had his BI in his IEP wow. and asking questions. And to me, like reflecting back, like to me, he was like the person and he was the one answering like all the questions like to the team and like knew the most about Dylan. So that I totally agree with. The other thing that strikes me, and I've seen this throughout Dylan's, you know, career. You know, <laughs> career of ABA. Yeah, career of ABA um, <laughs> is, I totally agree with you that, and it always came up, especially in the school setting where it was like, Dylan is big, Dylan is aggressive. He has to be with a guy. And like, you know, and I always thought that was kind of weird because I'm much small. <laughs> Dylan is like six feet. I'm five, two. <laughs> I've been like, you know, doing and trying to follow through with all these strategies at home my whole life. And I always just thought it was weird that I, and I've seen it too. And I agree with you. It seems like, you know, they, 
have you seen this too, Kelly, where women in general, unless they're a supervisor, it seems like they, you know, maybe don't get as much as some of the guys, but I don't know. They're a supervisor. (laughs) Oh, so I actually just presented at the Women in Behavioral Analysis Conference about the topic of, of the pay inequity in our industry. <laughs> so, and I tell this whole story about in 1999, I was hired at a company in Boston and I was a supervisor of several men and they got more money than I did, even though I was their supervisor. And it's, the practice is still happening, right? And I, I did a whole lecture on it actually at that conference that's on Behavior Live, if anyone's listening and wants to hear it. But, um, you know, all the top, there's a lot of women in this industry right? But there's still, there's still a pay gap and the men are always at the very top of the organizations, but that's for another, another time. (laughs) But Sal, you brought up something that I think is super important because a lot of BCBAs, it's a lot. um, There's like over half of BCBAs right now have only been certified for a few years. And what I have personally seen is when I took my exam in 2003, the exam was not as hard as it is now. They, you know, there's been a push to make our industry like very technical. And I think in some ways that's really great, particularly if you want to be a researcher, particularly if you're like studying things. But it, in my opinion, it does not match the day-to-day operations of like what you need, Jen, and what Sal, you're doing. And so by making that test so technical, people study really hard for terminology. Sal, you and I have a coworker that he and I, t- and you, three of us talk about this all the time. They make the test so technical, right? And then people are so invested in the jargon that they are not one, getting the practical real life experience with the clients and two, they don't know how to translate it into real life. And so what you have is now you have a bunch of BCBAs have graduated and they want to show you like they worked hard to get it. And so they want to show you how smart they are. And so they program very technically, right? They talk to their BIs very technically. And it's not this like shared experience like you are both talking about, right? And that's something that your program that I was in before, Sal, does really well is seeking input from the folks doing the work. I love that you just said that because that tech terms thing, mm-hmm. it, it's so big. It's like, don't get me wrong. If I... If I wanted to, I, I could do some technical terms. I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes smart, but I will <laughs> say one of the best conversations we've ever had on maladaptive behaviors or programs or anything, it was, it was literally me and Kelly at a table. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is like working on stuff. And it was just us talking like, yeah, we should fucking do that. And she's over here like, yeah, we, should, we should fucking do that. And it was like, it wasn't anything like, oh, if augmented clinical service. No, it was just like, if we give him that, he'll probably stop doing this. Yeah. And that was that was the conversation. And we didn't have to overthink everything. That Like this podcast, it's smooth. It runs like talking instead of like, you're not seeing Kelly bringing all her years of experience. like, meh, 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 meh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, A lot I of people... I- Sorry, go ahead, Jim. Um, I think that's cool. One thing um, that I found, especially with the new BIs that are working at the home with Dylan, um, they're sometimes, I mean, I've been doing this so long with Dylan that I just, some stuff he does, it doesn't even phase me anymore. You know what I mean? It's just Dylan, but it's it's fine because a lot of them <laughs> keep asking me all these questions of like, why? Like even not, you know, 
bad behaviors, just like, you know, like they always have a million questions. Like, why is he like watching the TV with the sound off and like he keeps rewinding it and then he puts his hand over his face and I'm like, I don't know. That's Who cares? just what he does. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm thinking in my head, dude, if that's the one thing you're worried about, like, you know, like just get ready because he's got a, a long reach, you know, you could get a <laughs> sock to the side of the head. That's what I'd be worried about. But yeah, I think a lot, and maybe that's just how they're trained. Like, you know, they do come in and all cookie cutter and, you know, terminology and stuff. And I'm like, dude, can you just hang out with him so I can <laughs> go work for a little bit and like hang out and enjoy each other, you know? Oh yeah. my God. I would I, Okay, go, go, please, please. Go. No, I was going to say, I'm not, I'm actually, a lot of people don't respect me in this field because I do spend so much time talking about actually the term social validity. Like, mm -hmm. is this valid and meaningful? And how can, uh, you know, a, a study came out that I can, I'll put in the session notes, a study, and it talked about how um, when you use too much jargon in parent and caregiver work, that it's less effective than using everyday language. Right. And I think that that's just general. As long as you know the principles, you don't have, you can use the principles and know the principles without having to use all the jargon. And again, I, people slam me a lot over that because I'm, I'm probably too down to earth. But I want to get back to this last question, Sal. I want you to say, and then Jen, you can um, chime in on this last question. What are some things that you, Sal, would urge BCBAs and caregivers? to not do because they've been challenging for you and it makes your job harder parents and caregivers what they should not do and suit your in supervisors oh okay so things that so do supervisors first okay all right let's get it Jen, <laughs> just just mute it real quick like, <laughs> i'm just kidding all right no i'll do supervisors first so um things that make our job harder and this is across the field and I think if BIs are listening or the BCBAs or everybody that's listening they're going to say yes but it's where a BCBA comes in and says hey this is your new program I haven't ran it with you I haven't been here to see it ran you're going to do this now mm -hmm. and they just give it to us and they're just like okay bye and then we're yeah. expected to run it we have all these questions they don't check in they don't know they're never there and I, I think if you're a supervisor, my advice would be supervise. So <laughs> there's this one person we work with. Um, I don't know if I should say her name, but she's amazing. Don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> if it's if, shout out a good name. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Genevieve is amazing for she this. She is amazing. She she is. And she she's pretty, she loves being a BI. She'd rather be that than a BCB, I'm telling yeah. you. But no, one <laughs> of the things she does and she's known for, she comes in and she's like, I'm going to run it a few times. I'm going to be here while you run it. I'm going to do yep. this to check, make sure you're doing it right. And if you think there's anywhere we could fix it, we'll do that. And then we modify the program so much over the weeks and it becomes this beautiful thing. And she does that so well. So that's what supervisors do. That's good. Supervisors do that bad. Well, I said it earlier. So another thing is, maybe it's just from personal experiences, but one of the things that higher ups, PMs, supervisors, uh, owners of companies, sometimes when something goes wrong the first one to be blamed is always the bi don't yeah, get me wrong it's true yeah, it's true true bi's do wrong sometimes but a lot of the time it's very this isn't working because of you 
-hmm. or this parent got angry because of this, because it's not working. Why aren't you doing your job? Or, and, and it's, it's very blame, blame and not, wow, I love the way you did this. So that's what supervisors with parents, Jen, you know what I don't like about, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so with parents, I would say, okay, there is a fine line between a advocate parent that is amazing and cares about their child and a fucking annoying, mm -hmm. overbearing, just a uh, parent. Mm -hmm. and, and there is a fine line because there are parents that I've met that are like, I want these things done. I want this. And I was like, I respect you. You care about your kid. And I love that. So that parent gold, that's a golden parent right there. Five stars. Boom. <laughs> now for parents that they do that make my job harder. Don't, don't, don't try to leave the house when I'm working with mm -hmm. your kid. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. And you shouldn't like that. Number one rule. Don't leave the house. I'm not your babysitter. Don't mm -hmm. treat me like one. Uh, number two, I don't, I, <sighs> How do I say it? I'm going to say it again. I'm not your babysitter. You can't just tell me how to run my program. You could suggest like, hey, I don't like A, B, and C, and then talk to the supervisor. And that's great. Do the heck out of that. But do not come in and say, why are you giving them candy every time they say thank you? Don't do that. It's like, oh, do you not want me to give them candy? It's like, no, because it's just, I don't like the way it looks. I'm like, okay, just don't. So I would say, Respect me for what I do because I'm here and I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> half my pay is definitely monetary, like money. The mm -hmm. other half is what the participant does that is very thankful. Oh, actually going back real quick on what you said, that two second story. I had a very hard participant that I, that had over 250 SIBs and aggressions. Oh, sorry. Self they hit themselves and they hit us and like chunks of hair out of our hair sometimes. So I worked with them for a long time and our group, our supervisor and everybody worked very hard and they went to zero and I was so proud of it. And on the last day, um, one of the parents was there and they were very serious. And I was like, okay, well, we threw a whole party, not other places would throw parties for them because it's like, we were so happy and we care so much. And I went to, my, and they, they left for a second and I was like, okay, whatever. So I went to my car and I was like, oh, I forgot to get my wallet. So I went to go get my wallet when I went to my car, the parent was parked right next to me. And I see them bawling, crying, oh. because I found out later that they were so thankful because they've never seen anyone care about their severely impacted uh, uh, kid so much and love them without being scared of them. And they just were bawling because of how much we cared. And that's when I think as a BI, I need to respect parents because it's like, you do not know what this parent goes through. Mm -hmm. You do not know what the stepmom goes through. You know, you don't know what these guardians go that through. Stepmom. <laughs> exactly. And it's 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 not only it's a job and it's also like something that you want to help them with, you know? So it, it's I will say thank you parents and step parents and everybody else because when I see a parent that cares, it's that's a thank thank you to me. Cuz it that means that when they go home, you're not going to erase all the work I did. You're going to work through it. So yeah, so parents, don't treat me like your babysitter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we care about you. So talk to us. Beautifully <laughs> said. Jen, do you have any last comment? That was beautiful, Sal. Uh, any good. last yeah. comments? No, he just nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> me teary-eyed. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it's true. So I don't know that I've heard a podcast do this, but you heard from Sal. You heard the do's and don'ts, BCBAs and parents. So um, 
Thank you, Sal. This was really, really great. I hope a lot of people listen and heed your advice and keep doing the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. I I, I will. And if you ever need me back, let me know. I'll keep oh, talking for another hour. Plug your book. Plug your book. Oh, uh, I made a queer children's book. Um, It is right here. You can get it on Amazon. It's called The Lonely Blue. Um, and there's also an e-version, but it, it's a beautiful thing. The illustrator was Jasmine Bacon. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just a book about caring. Everything in my life is just pretty much trying to help people. And hopefully y'all do the same. <laughs> I will Thank put you. a link to it in our session notes because um, it's, it, it's, it's great what you do. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for doing our podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye.